Well, good morning. You guys always do this. Good morning. Ah, that's a little better. Matt isn't here today, and if you're listening out there online, Matt, uh, or when you hear this later on, I just request that the next time I speak, don't give Eddie the communion thoughts and takes my sermon and preaches it during that time, and now I don't have anything to say. Uh, just giving you a hard time, Eddie. I love you. I love your heart. I love the fact that you can't not speak about the scriptures. Love that about you. We all enjoy receiving gifts, and yet scripture says it's more blessed to give than receive. And part of our worship, part of our responsibility is, is to give back. And there are certain ways uh, we've made available for us to be able to do that. You can mail a check here uh, to the church building. You can go online and click the serve and the give. You can do an automatic draft if you would so desire. As well, if you're here today, there are uh, boxes and baskets in the back that you can drop a contribution in as well. Eddie gave me this text in Luke chapter 2, 22 through 40. And I've been reading it for a month now. And Eddie, don't ever give me a month to read a passage of scripture. <laughs> I spent an hour this morning deleting things, saying, no, this is way too long. I gotta, I gotta pare this down somehow. But let's read this text. When the time came for the purification rites required by the law of Moses, Joseph and Mary took him to Jerusalem to present him to the Lord. As is written in the law of the Lord, every firstborn male is to be consecrated to the Lord and to offer a sacrifice in keeping with what is said in the law of the Lord, a pair of doves or two young pigeons. Now there was a man in Jerusalem called Simeon who was righteous and devout. He was waiting for the consolation of Israel, and the Holy Spirit was on him. It had been to, revealed to him by the Holy Spirit that he would not die before he had seen the Lord's Messiah. Moved by the Spirit, he went into the temple courts when the parents brought in the child Jesus to do for him what the custom of the law required. Simeon took him in his arms and praised God, saying, Sovereign Lord, as you have promised, you may now dismiss your servant in peace. For my eyes have seen your salvation, which you have prepared in the sight of all nations, a light for revelation to the Gentiles and the glory of your people Israel. The child's father and mother marveled at what was said about him. And then Simeon blessed them and said to Mary his mother, the child is destined to cause the falling and rising of many in Israel and to be a sign that will be spoken against, so that the thoughts of many hearts will be revealed, and a sword will pierce your own soul too. There was also a prophetess, Anna, the daughter of Phanuel, of the tribe of Asher. She was very old. She had lived with her husband seven years after her marriage, and then was a widow until she was 84. She never left the temple, but worshipped night and day, fasting and praying. Coming up to them at the very moment, she gave thanks to God and spoke about the child to all who were looking forward to the redemption of Israel. 
When Joseph and Mary had done everything required by the law of the Lord, they returned to Galilee, to their own town of Nazareth. And the child grew and became strong, and he was filled with wisdom, and the grace of God was on him. So as I read this text over and over and over again, more and more things started popping out, and I thought, what do I do with this? And the thought occurred to me, what do we do after Christmas? What do we do after Christmas? I know people who will post on social media today, there are 364 days until Christmas. Right? For, for some people, this is like the, the, they just the holiday. They love it so much, they look forward to it all year. They're already making plans for next year. Gifts to get, things to do, uh, people to see. No matter how soon you start planning for Christmas, maybe you're one of those last minute, it's still an event that's more than a day. So I want to back up just a little bit in the story. Do you remember how you felt when you heard the news? Maybe it was your mom. Maybe it was your wife. Maybe it was your sister or your brother and his wife. The news that a baby was on the way. Maybe you're welcoming a sibling, maybe a child or a grandchild or a niece or a nephew. Most of the time when we hear this news, the majority, the overwhelming majority of time we hear this news, there is joy in abundance at the news of a child being on the way. I remember calling our parents when Chris was pregnant, and telling them. I remember their excitement. I remember their congratulations. I remember their celebration of the news that a child was on the way. And I remember the joy. I remember holding our oldest son when he was hours old, thinking of all the things that he would experience in life of the fun, of the discovery, of laughter, of family bonds, of friends, and of love. What a joy life is to experience. And what a joy having a new child brought into your life brings. Children bring joy. I dare you, as we look at this next video clip, I dare you to spend the next 60 seconds not smiling. great I just had to laugh. I, yeah, absolutely I just had to laugh I laughed over and over and over you can't watch that and just not be happy children 
bring joy. It's contagious. The infant Jesus brought the same. And we see it throughout the story. We see the angels appearing to the shepherds and rejoicing and singing, I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all people. Glory to God in the highest and on earth. Peace to those on whom his favor rests. The angels are rejoicing because there is joy at the birth of this child, Jesus. And the shepherds who experience this, they go from fear to amazement to great wonder to leaving their flocks in the field and saying, we have got to go see this. And they're going and they're seeing little baby Jesus in Bethlehem. And they tell Joseph and Mary of what transpired. And all who heard it marveled and wondered. And Mary treasures these moments in her heart. And the shepherds return glorifying God and praising God. They couldn't contain the joy over the baby, over Jesus. Can you imagine when they bring the child to the temple, Simeon Simeon saying, For my eyes have seen your salvation, which you have prepared in the sight of all nations, a light for revelation to the Gentiles and glory of your people Israel. Sometimes we read a text and we just read it and we don't stop and think about what it's really saying and we don't put ourselves in that moment. And I cannot imagine Simeon reading that passage that way. Or reading it. (laughs) He didn't read it. He said it. We're reading it. I imagine great excitement. For my eyes have seen your salvation. He can't contain himself over what he's experiencing. A light for revelation to the Gentiles. And the glory of your people Israel. That's how... I imagine him saying something more like that. And we read these texts, and I I have to admit, the first time I read it, I was just reading the text, and it just went, and I read it several times, and it just went in and out, and then I read it again, and it just hit me, wait a minute. He's been waiting. How, How old is he? We don't know. It was revealed to him that he wouldn't die until he saw the consolation of Israel, but what if he's the same age as Anna and he was revealed that at 20 and he's been waiting for 64 years? And it's finally here. And he can't contain his joy. And Anna, Anna shows up as Simeon is praying and breaks into an anthem of praise. I don't think she would fit most of our modern worship models. Um, I, I don't think she just wanders over. I don't think she probably even waits until Simeon is done talking. She just starts praising God. She's not strolling. She's sprinting as fast as the 84-old Anna can sprint over to this child. And she breaks into song, into worship, for Emmanuel is here and she cannot not Rejoice. She can't, she won't keep quiet about it to anyone ever again. Why? For joy. For the joy of the Lord was her strength. Children bring incredible joy. And Jesus brought joy, 
several steps beyond a normal child because it wasn't simply the joy of having a child, but the joy of the anointed one, the Lord's Christ, the consolation and salvation and redemption of Israel and all people, a light of revelation to the Gentiles. Jesus brought joy of salvation to the entire world. just took us a bit longer to realize that. Didn't take Anna that long, and it didn't take Simeon. They knew immediately, and they were filled with joy. Jesus was and is and always will be good news for all people. And that is great joy. What do we do after Christmas I want to hear your answer now. <laughs> we have joy. Thank you. Very, very good. We have joy. And we hold on to that joy and we realize the joy that Christ brings to us and to the whole world. We dwell in the joy of Emmanuel. And what do we do after a baby arrives? We realize the joy of that child every single day. Children bring great joy, but they also bring something else to steal and twist a phrase from a current and popular movie. With great blessing comes great responsibility. With great blessing comes great responsibility. And Mary and Joseph, hey, no pressure here. You have the task of raising the very Son of God. You didn't ask for the responsibility, but you took it. So good luck. And evidently they did okay because the kid turned out perfect. Except for Jesus. The more I read the passage, the more it stands out to me that they dedicated this child to God. They didn't simply do this by taking the baby to the temple, but they do this through the way that they live their lives for his entire life. But it starts here very young. In the passage, they set a tone very early in Jesus' life of obeying the law. On the eighth day, he was circumcised and he was named. And on the 40th day, Mary and Joseph go to, the, to Jerusalem, to the temple, I believe for two reasons. One, to worship, because Mary would have been considered unclean until that 40th day, and that was the first time she could have gone into the temple courts to worship. Secondly, to offer sacrifices according to the law for every firstborn male who opens the womb shall be called holy unto the Lord. Exodus 13, 2 through 16 talks about that. He goes back to remembering how God had blessed the Israelites and how they had come out of slavery and the cost that had incurred there. And from Exodus 13, every firstborn man among your sons shall, you shall redeem. And when in time your son asks you, what does this mean? You shall say to him, by a strong hand, the Lord brought us out of Egypt from the house of slavery. And so the firstborn male of every family was to be redeemed through a sacrifice to the Lord. And though they are not well off, 
Joseph and Mary go to the temple in Jerusalem and they offer two turtle doves or young pigeons. And they set the example of living according to the law. And going there sets the tone for Simeon and Anna, sets the stage for Simeon and Anna to come. They took on the responsibility of raising Jesus, so they followed the law. And they live in actions what they would teach their son, setting the example for Jesus as he grew. And when they performed everything according to the law. They returned into Galilee to their own town of Nazareth, and the child grew and became strong, filled with wisdom, and the favor of God was with him. Luke 2, 39 and 40. Raising a child is an incredible responsibility. When Cody was born, our doctor was a man of deep faith. One of the first questions he asked Chris on one of uh, her first appointments When she had mentioned that she was new in town, he said, do you have a church family to support you through this? What what doctor asks that is one of the first medical questions they ask, right? And she said, why, yes, I I do. My, My husband's a youth minister. And he said, that's wonderful. And so when Cody arrived, he looked at me and he said, Dad, grab this hand that God has given you to guide toward him throughout his life. And he looked at Chris and he said, Mom, grab this hand that God has given you to love and nurture through life. And it was an incredible moment. And it was heavy with responsibility. And he was reminding us of our God-given blessing and responsibility to raise this child to know him. Yet the responsibility doesn't end with parents. It goes beyond parents. The responsibility of raising a faithful generation reaches to all of us. The last time I was up here uh, speaking to you, was on our family ministry day. And I mentioned that it takes a village to raise a child. And I talked about the elements of sticky faith, uh, the sticky faith concept, that it takes five relationships outside of a teen's family to, for them to feel connected to a church. We also stressed that in, uh, the intergenerational relationships, the relationships from the older to the younger and the younger to the older and how important those relationships are. And as we take a look at this story in Luke chapter 2, we see this being played out. We see the village helping to encourage Mary and Joseph and Jesus. Mary, when she's first pregnant, goes to Elizabeth's house. And I can, I can only imagine the wisdom that Elizabeth pours into Mary. The advice... And the encouragement that she needs, especially at that particular point of her life. And then after the birth, the shepherds come. Strangers, unknown people to Joseph and Mary. And they show up with an incredible story about a sky full of angels singing praise because their son was born. The anointed one was here. And Simeon in the temple, he blesses Jesus 
And he prays and he prophesies over Jesus and Mary and Joseph because it's been revealed to him that he would see the Lord's Croy, the, the, the Lord's Christ, the anointed one, before he died. Can you imagine for a minute you're taking your child to a temple to be blessed by the priest and the first thing he says is, I can die now. <laughs> what? Did he just say that? What, what does that mean? Kind of a strange introduction. But Simeon blesses Jesus. And he blesses Mary and Joseph. And he also warns that heartache will come. And I can only imagine that at the foot of the cross, in the moment of horror that Mary is experiencing, that those words come back to her. And Anna, Anna also blesses Mary and Joseph and Jesus. What encouragement does Mary take from these events? What, what encouragement does Joseph have and take away from this? They treasure these things in their heart. They marvel at them. They wonder. What about the child Jesus when the story is retold? When he's reading the scrolls and says, Mom, did you take me to the temple? Did you do a sacrifice? Yes, let me tell you the story. Because it's crazy. This guy comes running up and says, I can go in peace now because you're here. Can you imagine what Jesus is thinking as he's growing and hearing these stories? What do we do after Christmas? What do we do after a baby arrives? As a community, we love and support and encourage and pour into the lives of the mother and the father and the child. I want to go back for a moment to that thought of Jesus. I had a friend of mine who said, do you think Jesus ever like questioned his mom? He's reading the scrolls. And he's like, mom, was I born in Bethlehem? Hey, mom, were you a virgin? Hey, ma, hey, ma was, was like, did he always know or, or did he figure it out and when and how did that happen? And there's a, there's a Christmas song that I really like that asks the similar question. It says, from the first time that you opened your eyes, did you realize that you would be my Savior? And from the first breath that left your lips, did you know that it would change the world forever? When does Jesus know? When does he know who he is? When does it all come together? Obviously, he has some clue by the time he's 12. Along the same lines, I have to admit, I've been a critic of the song, Mary, Did You Know? And so are some of you because I've seen the memes on your social media. Yep, an angel told me. I read an article this last week on the author of that song and how it was written. And he was thinking of the birth of Christ and he imagined what it would be like to be a, an angel showing up a little bit late. An angel who has waited for this moment since the fall of man. 
An angel who, who was wanting to get there and for some reason was delayed and he shows up and the, the birth has already happened and he's enthusiastic and he's, he's excited and he can't contain that excitement and so he starts asking questions. Mary, did you know? Mary, did you know this? Mary, did you know that? I appreciated that article because, like I said, I've made fun of that song. Yes, she knew. But after that explanation and after that thought process, I won't make fun of the song anymore because I can imagine the enthusiasm. I can imagine the excitement. Mary, did you know that your baby boy would one day rule the nations? Jesus is the consolation and salvation and redemption of, of Israel. And he's here. And he's come. What do we do after Christmas? Maybe we don't need to ask Mary those questions. Maybe we need to really ask ourselves, do I understand? Do I truly understand how much I needed this child? Do I truly understand how much I need forgiveness? How much I need grace and mercy and redemption? Do I understand how much I need Jesus? And how often do I slow down and really let that sink in? And do I understand and truly understand the joy that Jesus brings? Not just to me, but to the whole world. Oh, how much I need to understand and to realize and live in that joy and the responsibility that comes from knowing Jesus. Jesus was and is the consolation, salvation, and redemption of Israel, as well as being a revelation of light to the Gentiles. And I, as a Christian, need to be doing my part to bring the salvation that Jesus provides to everyone around me, my children, my family, my friends, strangers, enemies, anyone and everyone. And I love the description of Anna. And coming up at that very hour, she began to give thanks to God and to speak of Jesus to all who were waiting for the redemption of Israel. What do we do after Christmas? We live in the joy of Christ. We realize the responsibility that we have, and we speak to Jesus, to all. We're going to enter into a time of prayer. The praise team can come on up. If you need prayers this morning, maybe it's to realize that joy and live more joyously. Maybe it's to realize the responsibilities that come with Christ and to be more diligent in, in doing those. Maybe it's to encourage those around you and talk to others about Jesus. If you need prayers for that, find one of our shepherds or find a friend that you have here and, and pray together. May we all realize that joy 
and responsibility and blessing of living in Christ and be willing to tell others about it. Let's pray. Lord God, we thank you for the blessing of Christ. The blessing of of Jesus. The blessing of the sacrifice that he would bring. And the blessing of the abundant life that he offers. Lord, I pray that we would let that thought fill us with joy. Not just at this moment, but in our entire lives. That we would be a people who are joyous because of you. And help us to take the responsibility you've given us to teach, to train, to encourage, to reach out and talk of you and your son Jesus Christ. And it's in his name that we pray. Amen. Hey, I'm Eddie White, the senior minister for the Eastside Church of Christ. Sure want to thank you for joining us today on our podcast. I hope today's message was indeed a blessing to you. Like to invite you to browse our website at eastsidesprings.com to get more information or to contact us. And as always, we indeed welcome you to join us for our worship service in Colorado Springs as we seek to live out Jesus' mission of making disciples of all nations.